Hello and welcome to my Dilorama's Top Picks. I'm Abla Kandalaf, film programmer, journalist and researcher with my co-host Coco Green, armchair critic and aspiring academic. As usual in Top Picks, we discuss marginalisation, resistance and some of the isms in drama, documentary, mystery and independent films and series. Now in its 11th year, My Die champions independent film and its use as a platform for underrepresented and often ignored voices. And as ever, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at My Dialorama, where you can also tweet us, leave us comments and uh, just post random suggestions, anything you'd like us to talk about. And if you like what we do, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So the link is mydie.link slash Apple or Spotify at mydie.link slash Spotify. And you can support us with either a one-time or monthly donation at mydie.link slash donate, which helps us cover production costs. And you can subscribe to our newsletter at mydie.link slash subscribe, which uh, can give you the odd uh, offer and uh, past events and festivals. So this week, we're going to be focusing on one specific film, so do you have anything you'd want to flag? Sakari, is there anything you want to flag before we talk about it? Because I haven't seen anything of note this week. No. Well, you know what? I did watch the series two of Slasher. Ah, yes. So last time we covered Slasher series, series three, Solstice. I'm a big fan of Slasher. So I've already watched season two. What did you make of season two? Oh, gosh, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't realize yeah i i figured out who the killer was but i didn't realize that he wasn't real yeah i thought that was a pretty good twist it was um yeah the writing's good i i keep going on about it but the writing is good and we talked about it because season four is coming out has come out sorry on um shudder and it's yeah. worth it i i got a subscription to shudder just so i can watch season four the other thing too is i'm i as the series progressed and they kept doing the flashbacks, I wasn't sure what I thought of the girl who was murdered. Yeah. So I was yeah. going back because at first I was just, I, I think even through the sixth episode, I was just like, okay, they went, I still don't see what she did that was so bad. Um, but then we yeah, get it's to the very showdown where she called out everybody for what they did. And it, did, it seems like it was an accident though. Like they did take her out there, but I think, it, it was, was an accident. accident. Yeah, they meant, accident. yeah, they meant to leave her stranded in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and spend a scary night in the forest. But and even then, to me, that's messed up. Like uh, anything could happen. Out it there. is, but <laughs> the fact that the they thing. they finish her off when clearly she could have been saved, she could have what just been taken to hospital in the most brutal way. That part I wasn't okay. You know what? I forgot about the rock thing because I think I fast forwarded the so, rock yeah, thing like, exactly. I think I was not ready for that. Okay, forget what I said then. Um, exactly. And like, it, why it, won't she die? It's like, well, for, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, she fell down the hill, and they could have easily explained that away. Ah, she was drunk. Yeah. That's all they had to say. Everyone would have accepted that, and they could have easily taken her back for medical care. And I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny. Because uh, they did wait till the last episode until they got to the rich girl about how she double-crossed her. But it wasn't that bad. It's like, mm. It would, certainly didn't warrant being smashed in the head by a giant rock. Like them putting her on trial. It's like, okay. And 
really, it was sweet in a way because she just really wanted them to be roomies. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I can't risk you moving in with the guy. You'll meet somebody else. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I, it wasn't that bad, you know. Um, it wasn't as bad as her cheating with that guy. But even then, they framed it as she really thought that they had something that he didn't have with the other girl. So when you look at it that way, it wasn't that bad. Because I think she... Something about the way they did that last episode did show the point. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, look, this is summer camp here. Let's not get carried away here. Like, this is just a few months. This isn't the real world. You're like, oh, no, yeah, exactly. that's right. So I guess they shouldn't be that mad at her. <laughs> She's just having a little fun. And I think you need people in there to spice it up. But this is the thing, too, though. Let's also not forget that the rich girl spoiled that for herself because she just told him to go slow. So I think he was still interested in her. He was just like, okay, she wants to play the long game. I can do that. So I think she put the nail in the coffin by getting drunk and being a jerk. Because while she did tell him, oh, don't ask her out, she just said, oh, we'll just go slow. So I think he still was like, oh. it, it reminded me of that scene from Dumb and Dumber when he said, what do you think the odds are? Like one in a hundred. She was like, mm, more like one in a million. He was like, oh, so I have a chance. <laughs> So I think he still thought he had a chance. Well, I really and, like the fact that they uh, um, use the same actors. Some of the actors come back and, yeah. in different roles. I really like that kind of rep company feel to it. And I, I do wonder, though, because the one the girl who set it all in motion, right, I think really she was the horrible one. I think she died first, too, didn't she? No, I can't remember. Uh, the, the one, one who... who Quick who saw through her from the beginning. Yeah, who didn't yeah, who didn't like her from the start, yeah. Yeah. I think that's because she was used to being the mean girl. Yeah. And she's just like, look, I set the pace around here. I've got to be feared, the most feared and the most loved. So you can't be the most loved. I need both of those. So I was yeah. glad to see her go. I thought her reaction to start with was completely unjustified and just cruel. Well, it's because her position was threatened, which is why she had to then work to get everyone else on her side. Because anyone else would have just let it go, say, okay, yeah. but she's going to play her game, but that's all right. I can still do my own thing. But she's like, nope, I'm only going to be happy if everyone hates her as much as I do. So, <laughs> yeah. And I also thought they could have done a mercy killing with the guy who was set on fire. And I just wanted oh, to make a note of that. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, that Apple, awful. we're stranded in the middle of nowhere. Mercy killing, please. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Help is coming tomorrow. I feel it. No, don't do that. You don't know. <laughs> So, lesson for all of us. But I enjoyed it. I Good. couldn't stop. I mean, it took me a few days, you know, a few, well, a few days, but a few different sittings to get through it. Because it, it was pretty gory, that one. It I thought it was more gory than the other one. So, it, it took you a while to understand why they all deserved it, which I liked. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Although I didn't, the one I didn't feel good about were the... Um, the property owners but she got crazy really quick the one whose parents camp it was didn't she she got yeah. crazy quick she started beating people you're like uh aren't you the she one who w- said you had yeah. a peaceful community <laughs> what happened? yeah that you was gratuitous as well there was no need for torture Well, no, I don't know. I thought that guy did deserve the torture because he raped that guy for no reason. What was that about? If we're following the logic of the film, of course he did. Because it's bad It's bad enough that you're going to murder somebody. You think the least you can do is make it quick. But no, exactly. No, I'm going to rape you first. What? Why? <laughs> Why? 
Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, if you follow the logic of the film, but then if you follow the logic of the film, then it makes sense that she was also killed. Yes. yes. Because it's hubris. It, it was, she didn't was, need to do that. She, well, it was just, she didn't have the evidence. She was just so angry that she let that get the best of her. So that was the problem. Yeah. So if she had some evidence, then it would have been okay. But, but you know, that's why I've never been able Reservoir Dogs. That's, that's why I've never watched it. The torture was too much for me. I can't do torture scenes. I've been I fast forwarded through that. So I, I saw her holding up a piece of skin. I said, oh, this oh, is Oh, no, no. I, yeah, I did as well. Yeah, it gets into my, you know, it's, it's I, can't. I don't, no, I don't like torture. I mean, the good thing we, I keep trying to tell myself, even though, of course, we all know it's all fiction, right? But the thing I tell myself is like, from what I understand, for people who survive stuff like that, like your body does go into shock. So you feel the after effects. You don't necessarily feel it while it's happening. Kind well, like I would just hope right? or th- think or hope that you would just go into cardiac arrest, really. No, I don't, I don't think like your that body fortunate. would shield you from the pain and just die. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it is. Like you do, you feel it later, but at the time you're in the fight or flight. So your adrenaline starts rushing and you're just like, okay, how can I escape? Um yeah oh yeah she was hardcore and that's how you know those people trying to do those communities it's also fake and i think canada's laws are kind of lenient so i don't think she's in prison (laughs) long (laughs) not in a bad way because i don't believe that locking people up and throwing away the key is the answer i was watching actually this documentary um on netflix and it was about the hacker did you see that one which one no, I don't Not think a I hacker. Have... I'm sorry, he wasn't a hacker. They called it a bedroom drug dealer. Let me look it up. Oh, it's called Shiny Flakes. Oh, not at all, no. Yeah, check it out. So this was an interesting one. Hang on. Okay, so this is 2021 Shiny Flakes, the teenage drug lord. This is the true story that inspired the hit German original series, How to Sell Drugs Online Fast. In February 2015, Max Schmidt, known online as Shiny Flakes, was arrested for selling approximately 4.1 million euros worth of drugs from his childhood bedroom. And it's what, a documentary? Yes. So it's just like he said, he was, he thought that there was a market for selling drugs online and he sent drugs all over the world. (laughs) He just talked about the different tactics he did to keep the website online and how he was mailing things. I forget now how he got caught, but it was intercepted in some ways and they um i think they did a stakeout for the different lock boxes and or not lock boxes drop boxes you know those yeah. kind of mail things that they have where you get the code and you can open them and he got caught and it showed how he went to jail but the jail setup they had there was really nice so because i think he was 19 at the time but they tried him as a minor i have never heard of that because you know, the U.S. is the opposite. You get tried as an adult when you're a minor. You can't be an adult and be tried as a minor. But they explained the logic of doing that there. Because of that, he was sent to a juvenile facility. Yeah. And it was nice in there. So it was en suite and he had his own desk. I'm like, yeah, if we sending, if we want children to be rehabilitated, why don't we put them in a room with bars in it? So I'm like, oh, right interesting but then you know there's a next step of why is anybody in a cage (laughs) people need to be treated uh yeah given privacy and respect and if you want to rehabilitate them yeah exactly that has to be the starting point yeah you should check that one out okay noted right moving on to 
the main focus of the night is Zola. Yes, so I can read the synopsis of that. So it's a 2020 film. It's Zola, a Detroit waitress, is seduced into a weekend of stripping in Florida for some quick cash, but the trip becomes a sleepless 48-hour odyssey involving a nefarious friend, her pimp, and her idiot boyfriend. Okay, so you came across that film in a film festival, right? Yes. What did you know about it before watching it? Did you know if any of it was true? I didn't. It just said it was based on a Twitter story. I assumed it was based on a true story, though. But we know based on a true story is not the same as the true story. No, exactly. And it looked funny. So it looked kind of quirky. So I thought I would give it a watch. Right. Bearing in mind, I went in having literally no idea what we were watching and honestly assuming that we were watching some sort of biopic of um, Emil Zola, the writer. But why would I watch that? I think that's the question I have. For <laughs> why not? Why not? You're an you're an intellectual. You, you know, you're a a, a well read person. <laughs> Probably has some interest that in nineteenth so century funny. novelists. Um, I have no idea. I didn't even imagine it. I didn't even check the poster out, which would have probably suggested it wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> so. So I was completely clueless <laughs> and watching the film, I just couldn't get my head round what was real, what wasn't, how on earth that idea was made into a film um, and whether the actors were actually the real, the people in real life playing themselves or not. Oh, no, they were no. all actors. And that's what's interesting about, OK, so I think maybe you think I knew who Emil Zola was. Maybe you're confusing with Judy because that sounds like something <laughs> Judy would be... <laughs> well versed in but the actress who starred zola is apparently pretty famous and this is the problem i mean i think maybe we watch too many documentaries and too much independent film i've never heard of her before but then apparently yes she's very popular so her name is taylor page but yeah so it was it was a fictionalized account and when i looked it up it so i just knew it was about that it was a it was something that she tweeted but right. she did, in a Rolling Stone article, etch out what was true and what wasn't. So as you suspected, the shooting didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was something else that didn't happen. But I did think it was... So reading a bit about her past, I think I was a little shocked, I must say, that... I mean, why did she do? Of, why did she do it? Was it some sort of PR campaign or increase her social media profile yes because i think that is her aspiration is to be a writer right okay so she posted a couple of times before but for whatever reason it didn't get noticed and i think she was kind of tweaking the story to see how she could do it to get attention and then it was when she did it for the third time that it came through and it picked up and got noticed and then immediately she has a momager it seems Right, that they were right. like, okay, how can we then leverage this into a film deal? You know, it doesn't seem like the film did that well in terms of being profitable, but who knows how much she was paid for the rights to that story. That's insane. So it was pretty much fabricated, really, to make her into a celebrity of sorts. Well, just that part. I mean, I wouldn't say the whole thing was fabricated. So she she had, she was a stripper. Yeah. And... 
it says she was making a thousand dollars a night in tips so we certainly don't make no. that. We need to rethink what you were <laughs> I doing don't in our know. 20s. <laughs> choices. Um, and that she was looking to make more money stripping somewhere else. So apparently she's saying that's what they do is you go to different cities to try to try new clubs and make more money. Yeah. And she stands by what she said that she... Everything else, if there was something else, one other thing that didn't um, happen, like she said, but now I don't remember what it was. But you know who made some tweets that no one paid attention to was the boyfriend, Jared. Her boyfriend. The, no, not. Oh, um, the, um, the the boyfriend of, um, I forget her name. Now. Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Jessica's boyfriend. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Jessica's boyfriend tweeted his version of it and he said mm, no Zola went on one call but just the one right and of course Jessica says that Zola went on all the calls I didn't go on any okay I'm inclined to believe the boyfriend only because I just find it hard to believe that she would get out of doing any sex work it's just a hunch I don't know anything about the industry I'm just saying what he's saying sounds yeah. evil, but it turns out the call because the call they asked for more than one person, but they didn't have any money, so they left. So the boyfriend says that Zola went on one of the calls, but nothing happened because they didn't have the money to pay. So what about Jess in all this? If how 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 was she? How far was her engagement in the in this whole plot? She wasn't aware, I presume, that it was being harnessed to create some sort of persona for. Zola. No, she was because she responded when Zola tweeted the story. So she did respond to that, which is why she said, no, Zola was the one who was doing the prostitution, not mm -hmm. me. But it paints her in a, so, in a bad, in a fairly bad light. Yes, it paints her in a very bad light because it makes it seem like she is a sex trafficker. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why she said that that's not true. But then some other young women came out and said she did the same thing to us. So she totally oh, does it. Okay. Yes. So what happened was after the incident in Florida where no one got shot, and that was something else, something else that Jarrett, who's Jessica's boyfriend, he said did not happen was he said nobody was shot and no one tried to kidnap Jessica. So he was like, none of that happened. Mm -hmm. So what he's arguing is not true with the story is that the shooting happened, the kidnapping happened, or that Zola didn't do any sex work. Yeah. So Jarrett's version is basically that, that, um, and that they flew back instead of they all drove back together. So what happened was Jarrett and Zola got a flight back, but Jessica stayed right. with Rudy. So the fact that they've, they've made a film out of this, right? Could mm -hmm. Jess argue that it's libelous? Well, this is what happened. Well, well, you could argue anything, but as you know, in the U.S., unless you can afford an attorney, it doesn't matter. So you don't you don't have a case. Did you have a chance to see the documentary on Netflix about the Hulk Hogan case with the free press? No, no, it was on okay. my in please. on my to do list though. I do well, I please. did want to watch it, and we haven't got around to it yet. Because it is a free press issue, I think you should really watch it. One thing that it points out though is even Hulk. Hogan, who has millions, yeah. cannot access the legal system. He needed someone to pay for that. All right. So he was also 
Um, so we know if Jessica is on the poll, she cannot afford a lawyer, no. even if it was liable, like you're saying. But this is what happened. So after the trip, she tried to sex traffic these other two girls. And one of them says that Rudy assaulted her. So she slipped out of the room and went to the police. And so he went to prison yeah. for that. So what happened, though, was once they got caught and Rudy and Jessica were caught together, when these two young women were able to get help from the police, Jessica said, oh, I'm just as big as a victim. And so they let her go. But these girls are like, no, no, no. She and Rudy are partners. This is what they do. So I don't know if that's why she wasn't able to do it, but I'm guessing it's more than likely just because she didn't have the money to stop <laughs> to stop the production and right. you can I don't think you're able to say it's liable if it's like oh this is based on a true story I think that's why people say right. that instead of true events to cover themselves it's my interpretation my recollection a bit of glitter a bit of fun a bit of salesy I want <laughs> but what did you think of the story because it's certainly I think I was expecting more I liked it don't get me wrong like I liked it but I probably wouldn't watch it again and I'm not sure if I'd 100% recommend it but I thought it was an interesting take for some, something about it maybe a bit nostalgic of how you just being younger i remember that's how you would meet people what you would just be <laughs> yeah you would... by stripping and going on a shooting spree <laughs> no i mean just how they met so i just can think back to being young and you're at a restaurant and the table next to you somehow get to talking and you exchange numbers and hang out right like when we were younger we used to meet and i didn't really think young people did that anymore. If we believe what's on the news, it's like young people are weird into social media and just hang out with their friends and not expand their circle. So I felt a little comfort in that. Like, oh, look, young people are still making friends. Yeah, for two <laughs> minutes before they're both stripping and on their phones the whole time. So. But they're both strippers, right? So don't forget they're both strippers. So it's not as if she brought her into the life. No. So they were, yes, yeah, so they were both already doing But their that. subsequent interactions are basically through their phones and social media. Even when they're face-to-face, -face, they don't talk. They were talking, but then you hear what Jessica was saying. She was telling crazy stories. It's like, hmm. Jessica thinks everyone's jealous of her. So there you go. But I feel like everyone needs a friend like that in their life. I have two. Everyone thinks, they both think everyone doesn't like them because they're so beautiful. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're kind of the, you know, they might be the most fun as well. Because I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Everything gets more fun that way where they tell stories about how people are jealous of them, people hate them. It's, it's great fun. I thought that... I really liked the way it was told. I thought it was a proper fun ride of a film, definitely. So I, I had a blast watching it. In terms of the ethics of it, I don't really know where it stands. Again, I feel a bit sorry for this Jess character. But... I think what it says about why she's a sex trafficker. See, we don't you know be that. This if she was a man, because you've not so spoken anything about how Rudy's being. Well, that's why I was coming to my my issue okay. with it is how <laughs> I thought the whole way through. I thought to myself, I never, ever, ever want to visit that part of the world. It was gruesome. It was just dark and violent, and everyone came across really poorly. Uh, it just felt sad. I just thought, is this what the opportunities are for young people in that part of the world they all seem to have very dead-end lives and I've just felt really sorry for them and that was their best chance at making money was was through this 
No, I think that is a good one. We should talk about the class politics in this film because I think it is important. And that's the question I had as well, too, because so in the Rolling Stone article, she not she, but the journalist quotes a couple of things that were mentioned in social media. And apparently Missy, Missy was it? no, it wasn't Missy Elliott. Who is the filmmaker? Ava? No, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me start over. So when the saga was put on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. The Rolling Stone article quotes some famous people in response, you know, responding to it online. And so this is one from Ava DuVernay. Right. Drama, humor, action, suspense, character development. There's so much untapped talent in the hood. And then Zola replied, I'm not from the hood. I'm not from the hood, though, Ava. I'm a suburban bitch. Still love you, though. Wow. Okay. This is the thing, though. Even if you are from the suburbs, you're not living a suburban life if that's what you have to do to get a thousand dollars. Because if you're living in the suburbs, how we think of living in the suburbs and having some affluence. Yeah. You'd have a thousand dollars. You wouldn't need to. No, exactly. And that's that's the thing about it, too. Um and you know there was a commentator who brought this up when talking about the R. Kelly victim yeah right it's like it's all rooted in disenfranchisement of black people because you're only doing that because what are your options that's it you can't leave and say oh well I can be a dentist as the commentator says or you can't leave and say "Mm, I don't need to do this because my parents take care of me so I don't have to do that because push comes to shove they'll talk to their friends and get a job for me and that's the missing piece there what are the politics and yeah the lack of options the lack of jobs that are putting you in a place where it's like sex work is going to be my path to something else and for zola that's exactly what it was well for sex jess work. as well stripping is a form of sex work right that's yeah, how she she too. she she can feed her kid exactly so and that is a path to something else and that's the piece we're missing. Even though, like, we know that the activists say, oh, I choose to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know a small number do. But in general, I think for sex work, it is a path to something else. And that's the problem. It's like, you shouldn't have to do some no. sex work as a path to that something. But it's a reflection of what your class position is or social position. Yeah. It, it yeah. reminds me of this. I don't know if you've heard of it. But uh, Leicester University came out with, uh, I might not be remembering this very accurately, so apologies but it was uh some sort of uh pack for their students who were engaged in sex work and it was meant to it's a toolkit with um i guess some tips on keeping safe there's a there's a campaign group that's against that 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 think it's appalling and i kind of also think it's completely just answering completely the wrong question here Instead of spending all that time and effort developing a toolkit to support your students who were who are sex workers, why are students having to be sex workers in the first place? And I don't think this should be legitimized as a, as just another avenue for work. So we're not addressing the fact that fewer and fewer people can afford to go to uh, university and go through higher education. And I've kind of changed my tune on that because I I had worked on a documentary a couple a few years back about uh, student sex workers, and I remember interviewing quite a few people who were who made a case for it, saying that well, you know, um, 
as long as they're safe and there's consent, really, that's what we need to focus on. But actually, it's really missing the big, the bigger picture that the people saying this, they wouldn't do it and they certainly wouldn't want their kids to do it. So it's a bit rich of them to think that that's the best that these people can hope for instead of addressing the real problem, which is they can't afford to go through a higher education. And I kind of felt a little bit like that touched on those sorts of issues. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like they shouldn't be, you know, and it's one thing, like I said, you know, we're, we're not talking about people who are saying like, oh, you know, that's what, you know, that's what I want to do. But it's the fact that no one should have yeah, to. Yeah, there's going to be a handful you, in you every do that field. Because you want to, you should never be doing that because that is the last resort. Um, and I think it is the last resort, but a reality for a lot of people because it's, you know, we live in a society that will let you starve. Yeah. They'll let your children be taken from you because of poverty all sorts of people say all sorts of stuff like oh well i wouldn't you know i would sleep in my car with your kids no you wouldn't shut up <laughs> have you ever slept in a car with your kids i mean I, I i have a friend whose family did that let me tell you once i learned her parents did that i lost all respect for them it's like who lets their kids sleep in a car no you better go to a shelter you can't have your babies in a well, car when you really don't have a choice i guess um no they could have gotten on welfare but they didn't right. want to so not in this case but but i think I agree with what you're saying that there are people who just like I said, society will let you lose your ch children. They'll let you sleep on the street. They will let you sleep in the car. So I get why people do that. Yeah. And it allows you to have the flexibility. Like there was the, gosh, I hate to even admit this. This makes me so ashamed. You're going to learn more about how I procrastinate and why my dissertation <laughs> has not been written. It's, it's so pathetic, but I was watching an episode of Dr. Phil who I don't like, <laughs> but that was the thing that irritated me about it was he was trying to say, Oh, you don't because she was saying the sex work gave her lots of flexibility because she could <laughs> well i have explained to you because you make so much money you can work part-time and he tried to make it seem like that shouldn't be an option for you it's just like what would you know about it mm -hmm. you've never been homeless with children because he talks about being homeless but you've never been homeless with children yeah. and that is something else totally yeah exactly because one thing you know anybody you know we have lots of options as a single person you can sofa surf well if you're a woman right you can skate by on sofa surfing you, you can do a few things for a little bit until people get tired of you with kids they have school they have the schedule they have needs that need immediate attention yeah of course so you can understand why people either don't want to get to that point or it has gotten to that point and they're like i'm never going back to that and they don't make it easy for you and i think that's the part that's disappointing too is somehow we're okay with welfare being horrible and hard. Well, you're not supposed to be on it, really. You know, I just think it delves into a whole nother issue. But yeah, that's not touched upon. And I think it is all about, like you said, but that's how any story is. And I, I love that about storytelling, right? That you make things out so that people see the way that you want them to see you. Yeah. But on the whole, it was, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's sought to tell that story at all. I think it was just, I guess, an experimental take on how you can translate a series of tweets into film so in terms of the format and the originality of it i thought that was pretty cool no it was funny and i also liked the way they dropped in jessica's version of events <laughs> yeah which again made me feel kind of sorry for the real life jessica and all this <laughs> who doesn't really get much of a chance to tell her side of the story well, she can write her own story if that's what she wants to do. She well, she can she does she have a that's why it's called series Lola, of not Jessica. <laughs> Fair enough, but how much help did she have? You know, that is a good. I mean, question. she got into Rolling Stone magazine, right? She 
is she well she got no 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 but she didn't write the piece in rolling stone it was written about oh okay apologies okay i take it back i thought she was a guest writer and wrote about her story right right so i think this was part you know how it is when you're trying to get um a film optioned i think this was just part of the pr for that right okay yes yes but not just anyone um, gets a film made so about them at least so clearly she must have been connected in some ways now that is an interesting question i'm not sure how she got the attention that she did from the tweets but it says she had a hundred thousand followers well yeah i mean i'm happy to believe she just went viral and that's one of those things but i don't know who knows though because we all know it's Gosh, after you watch Wag the Dog, you just don't believe anything <laughs> anymore, right? You're just like, it's all a setup. It's all about people who know people who help people who know people. Yeah, and poor Jessica doesn't know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> what, like I said, again, all about Jessica, you're not thinking about Rudy. Maybe yeah. he didn't really do it then. Oh, and that was another thing the boyfriend said. There, or not the boyfriend. Did the boyfriend say that or Jessica? I can't remember. One of them said that Rudy didn't have a house. Which also makes sense, because that was my question when I saw that beautiful house. I thought, how could he afford that? Who who did? Remember the house that the boyfriend jumped from the back? Oh, and the, yeah, also that's gorgeous, the but said, that's not, that's the drug dealer's wife, uh, the drug dealer's house. He wasn't a drug dealer. We never saw him with any drugs. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, I don't know. You see, that's the first thing that pops into my head is he do, deals drugs. No, the pimp. Which, of course, begs the question, how would you be able to afford a house like that? I mean, that house is <laughs> gorgeous. It looks very good. I mean, beachfront in Florida. Honestly, exactly. Beachfront in Florida, how would you be? Because I don't think those houses are for rent. And if they are for rent, they're certainly going to be written to no, no, it's implied that he has a lot of money. Even his, you know, renter wife who's there making the smoothies. He's, he's made, <laughs> There's money in there. And that's just it. There'd be no way he could make that money. Not if Jessica is only making $1,000. Like, yeah. that wouldn't give you that kind of money. To board that place. It was funny though. I did like them when they had that photo. <laughs> to me, that's always the best part of going to people's houses when they have these crazy family photos. Oh my, I'll never forget years ago when I was a teenager. Um, I was in, it must have been my junior year. Was it my, no. One of my friends had a baby shower, but it was hosted at her mom's friend's house. And we walked in, her mom had this oil painting of her dog. I said, oh my gosh, these people are crazy. And the dog was quite pampered, you could see. And um, But of course, because we were high schoolers, she was, let's say she wasn't friends with the right crowd of people because a bunch of people came without a gift. And my friend was standing by the refreshment table. She, you didn't bring a gift? Go away. You can't have anything to drink. It was so funny. Oh, we had fun. So all of that to say, that was the other thing they said that wasn't true, which also makes sense because if Rudy was their roommate, you don't have a house like that and live with people when you're in Detroit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, but anyway, but it did turn into a sex trafficking story because, of course, with the attention they try to give to that, they try to make it a social issue. But I also don't think that that was why she did it right. Like, so she wasn't trying to tell this story about, you know, (laughs) hashtag be part of the solution. Right. Hashtag in sex trafficking. You know, that's not why she told the story. So I'm not really sure why they made that connection to bring it up. Did she bring it up? Uh, well, oh, you're right. The Rolling Stone article did. So I don't know if she did. That's right. Okay. Well, I should have checked that out. But I wanted to go uh, in without knowing anything about I mean, And I can't even use that as an excuse. I was lazy and I thought. But clearly there's a whole world out here that we're missing out on with stories. and. Oh, is it though? I mean, it's pretty depressing. I don't know if I want to be privy to those kinds of stories. 
I'm not going to lie. It does beg that question for sure. <laughs> it does. No, honestly, though, seriously, it does make you wonder when you learn about Detroit, what's going on in the Rust Belt. Yeah, but I'm, I'm curious to see what the next step for her is going to be now. Is she going to stick to writing, develop a career as a as a writer or filmmaker? I'm not sure, but uh, I'll be curious to see where it goes. Well, this is what's interesting about it. So her Twitter, everything with that came out in 2015. And then the film comes out in 2020, right? And so back in 2015, she's talking about optioning the film. Oh, okay. Well, to be fair, it did take a so few years took, to get made. Yeah, it definitely took a few years to get made. And then the film came out a year ago. And by the way, I had to like do some proper research to find the, uh, the story because she deleted it, apparently. So I found a thread that had the actual story, which mm -hmm. I will send to you. Yeah. Ooh, I was warned that it could be sensitive. Okay, she still has 100,000 followers. Oh, oh, she has an OnlyFans, so maybe she does that. Because that's how people are making money these days, apparently. That's what the kids say. Well, they've just banned the uh, adult content off OnlyFans. Oh, no yeah. way, really? I think presumably because a bunch of investors have said that they don't want to be associated with it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I mean... <sighs> Look, there's a niche for everything. We might not be too old. <laughs> um, no, I meant to create OnlyFans. No one's going to pay to see me on OnlyFans. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to guess Zola is a... I guess she's a personality. Should we call her that? An influencer, maybe, is what her career is? Yeah, no, I didn't see. We need to get our lives together. What are we doing? I think that's the biggest question. I think the what type of work doing? this requires is incredibly time-consuming in a way that I can't even be bothered to give it... Have you tried to even edit a YouTube video? You know I have. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so imagine doing that 24 hours a day and then filming and, and recording. No, that's why I do try to, um, you know, pay the people whose YouTube videos I watch on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. It takes forever. Um, and all I can think is, and, it's all, and I don't give them much money, but I just think to myself, okay, you've got 20,000 views. If each of you gave at least a dollar that wouldn't kill you no 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 it's fair and you hear a lot of stories of um, youtubers having nervous breakdowns and burnouts because no i haven't yeah yeah because that. you have to keep producing this content you can't take any time off that sounds pretty it is. crazy well there's the anti-mlmer that i watched not the good girl and she has really like her videos are really quality and i don't know how she's time doing it. but she doesn't have i don't think you know i I, my guess is based on what I've seen that she's trying to build up her content to get sponsorship, but she doesn't take donations. And I'm thinking, oh, interesting. why? Okay. You need to get on, <laughs> need to get on that. Because she has some, she has interesting interviews on there, and I think just what she provides is really important because, like I told you, they don't talk enough about MLMs, and I think for her to provide the quality of content that she does. But no, I don't even want to think about how she does the editing. I mean, I made a documentary film years ago in college and i remember that took so much time what was crazy about it by the way i will never forget this so i worked so hard on that thing because of the editing yeah right so it was so much work to get down but i thought we did pretty well so what happened was so i was taking this class it was I don't know if you have that in the UK, but you can have classes that it's the same class, but it's listed under two different departments. So you can take it, the course number to fulfill your requirements for the major. But it's the uh, same I class. I think so, yeah. So, 
So I was, I did a double major in sociology and ethnic studies, but the ethnic studies had two different tracks, just like African-American studies, where you could do a humanities track or a social science track. And I did primarily social sciences. However, the class seemed so interesting to me to make a film. I thought, oh yeah, I, I can make documentary films for a career. That would be fun. I should, I should take that class, right? And I was able to do it and I didn't. I was not prepared for how many yeah, hours it would take. That's exactly why I went in, why I so, studied history. It was to make documentaries. And then I found out what document making documentaries actually means. Well, I still want to make a documentary. But, but anyway, that's not the point. The point of the story is this. So we had one young woman in the class whose group I ended up being in. She was an actual film studies major. Now, I was waiting for, because there was a group of black boys in the class. Was there another, were there any other black, no, there weren't any other black women in the class. I was the only one. So I was, I was, came to maybe the second or third class. So everyone had already been introduced. It was one of those classes that's like three hours long. Mm -hmm. So everyone kind of knew each other already. So I came in and she was like, okay, well, if you don't have a group, you need to find one. So I sat there like, all right, black people, (laughs) are you going to, and they didn't invite me to their group. (laughs) And so then there's the you know the women's group and they're just like oh do you want to join our group and i'm just like thinking well i guess i have to like you see you see it's the women showing solidarity here oh 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 no 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 (laughs) i'm getting there so you're gonna let me finish that's hardly how it happened now interestingly like a year later i asked the guy like what was up with that you guys asked me he's like oh are we waiting to see what you were gonna do i said no no you can't be the new person and walk up to the group it's the group that has to invite the person and he was like no you were supposed to come and ask to be part of our group absolutely not no no anyway so what happened was she was always so on top of us like oh have you done this have you done that you need to do this and like what are you guys doing with your parts because what we decided to do with the edit because we filmed all sort i mean we filmed all sorts of stuff for the documentary but we split it up in terms of the content that we would put together to tell the story. It was a, it was very short. I want to say we we did like 20 minutes or something, but mm-hmm. short. Anyway, she was always looking at what we did and it never crossed my mind to see what she was doing because she was the actual film studies major. So I'm just thinking her stuff's going to be top notch. And I was certainly very conscious about the work we did because I wanted to look as good as possible. And I thought it did come out good. Tell me why she her part was so tacky. And what really pissed me off about it was she, and we agreed to this, that she could use our content for her final. Yeah. So she wasn't even doing her whole final project. And you would think that you've been studying this for four years. All you have to do is produce five minutes of content and you can't even do that. (laughs) And no, it was so bad. So, you know, when you do B-roll. Yeah. Her B-roll. Okay. You're not ready for this. Her B-roll was she used these images from books, and I should not have known that. She literally <laughs> took the camera and panned the I've book. Done that. So you I've can done see, that. like, the yeah. book sitting on the I've table. I've credited the books, but I've done that. No, the image has to fill the screen. What are you... What? <laughs> no, because, to be fair, but it, was, it was when I was at school. It was because I needed archive pictures, and they were in books. I was livid because the thing about it is I never I didn't see it because what she told me we each do our parts but again she was a film major she was like okay you guys each do your five minutes and then I'll just piece it together and transition between them okay perfect oh so I didn't see what anyone had done until 
the screening and I was like, did that? My mother was there. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I I just could not believe it. It was actually pretty funny too because during the screening, you know, and that's the thing we could invite whoever we wanted to come to the screening. And so they were teasing me, the boys from the group. And he said, hey, can you get me something to drink? And I looked and he was obviously, it was a joke because I'm a woman, right? So he asked me to have something to drink. And so I gave him a crazy look. My mom, go on, get him something to drink. I was like, mom, Peggy is so much fun. It never stopped. But he was being funny. He really didn't expect me to get, get him anything. Just my mom did. So anyway, I'm, I'm going real off, <laughs> way off track here. But yeah, but I did like the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was really, really good in the film. But I'm still not 100% on the story. And you had mentioned before, too, that it did remind you somewhat about Quentin Tarantino. And I picked up I, a little bit of it. A little a bit, yeah, I, uh, yeah. But a bit. Yeah, exactly. The bits bit. of Tarantino, Tarantino I enjoyed were, I found in that film, um, sort of graphic novel style interactions between the characters. I quite like that. I think that's what I, I said. I think that was something I enjoyed. The, all, all the characters, they were Yeah, characters. exactly. Like, it felt complete. Yeah, myself. exactly. It was exaggerated in a off. way that made, the, you know, the slightly uneasy feeling I had about certain issues that pushed them aside because I felt that that, to be honest, was not relevant here. Oh, it was relevant. <laughs> it was relevant. And I think they were all a bit crazy but that was part of it too i think it tried to push you off kilter a bit and make you try to put you in zola's shoes because it there's many opportunities she had to leave right but she didn't do it yeah so she also and i think it, it was trying to put you in that situation like not giving you time to think making something happen all the time yeah that's it exactly so you push and, that, and that reflection like, aside make you feel like okay, I have a bad option and a worse option. What am I going to do? It wanted you to feel yeah. like that. It didn't ever want you to stop and think like, wait a second, I can just grab my stuff and leave. <laughs> so yeah, so I think it, it tried to push that in every situation. Okay, well, any last few words to say about it? I guess that sums it up, really. Yes, I think I'm still not sure. And that, so on the one hand, as you know, one of my favorite, I don't know if it's a style of storytelling, is an unreliable narrator. I don't think, though, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. we got enough of Jessica's side to get that sense. We're pretty much, we trust Zola. We want Zola to make it out okay. Yeah. We're rooting for her. And it would have been interesting to do something. I don't know if you've ever read novels like that, but they tell the same event in each chapter from someone yeah. else's point of view. I think I would have liked Zola to be like that. And maybe do it from each, so that you leave not knowing who's telling the truth. Is Zola telling the truth? Is Jessica telling the truth? Is the boyfriend telling the truth? Or even seeing it from the positions of the, <laughs> of the guys who True. I did, I did think it was leaning that way when we had the Jess version of events. I thought we would then... Yeah, it wasn't long yeah. enough. Yeah, that should have been a longer sequence. I don't know if I would still recommend it, but it sounds like you would. I think we're doing like a Siskel and Ebert thing where you're giving a thumbs up and I think I might be giving a... Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence about the actual, as I said, about the yeah. story and and the background of it. But I do think it is enjoyable and it's very original. In st I, I, the style of it is, is it's very stylish, which I thought was quite cool um, and entertaining. So that's it for us. That's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can tweet us comments and feedback at my diorama. And uh, write to us via our website, mydialorama.org.uk. And that's it from us. Have a good week.